morning everyone, my name's Miss Middleton and I'm going to be reading chapter 5 for you today and it's called The Lime Tree's Curse. Here we go. My body locks up tight with horror and the room sways. I gasp for air feeling dizzy and sick. My legs are enormous, thick and muscular and covered in fur. My feet are so wide they're almost round with great claws on the toes. Like a bear, I have bare legs. I lie back and I close my eyes. This is impossible. I open my eyes again and I blink at the ceiling. I'll sit up and my legs will be fine. But they're not. I open my mouth to shout for Mamaka, but end up holding my breath instead. I'm not sure why. I always go to Mamaka when I'm unwell, but this isn't aching feet or stomach cramps or chapped lips. These are bare legs. I brush my legs with my hands, desperately trying to sweep them away, but nothing changes. Touching them only makes them feel more real. The fur is coarse and bristly and smells of the forest in spring. It's chestnut brown with flecks of yellow and black, like my hair. A cold wave of panic crashes over me as I wonder if the hair on my head has changed to fur. I shoot up to look in the mirror, but my balance is all wrong. My legs are too heavy and my knees don't bend as I expect them to. I tumble forward, smack into the floor and wail, even though I'm not really hurt. Yanga! The stairs creak under Mummock's feet. Are you all right? I scramble back to the bed and cover my legs with blankets. My face burns with shame. Mamaka opens the door and smiles too wide. It reminds me of the way the people at the festival smiled, the way people smile when they're wondering why I'm different, and I realise Mamaka has already seen my legs. Tears well in my eyes. I didn't think Mamaka would ever look at me like that. I didn't think a smile could hurt so much. Oh, Yanka! Mamaka sits next to me and strokes my hair with trembling fingers. I know this is strange and you must be scared, but you're going to be fine, I promise. Her voice shakes like a nightjar and anger burns inside me because her words and body don't match and that feels as wrong as my legs. How's this fine? I throw back the blankets and glare at my feet. The sight of my legs and the sharpness of my words sting my throat. This isn't Mamaka's fault. I shouldn't be shouting at her. What's happening to me? And I bury my face in my hands. You fell from the ice fort yesterday and were knocked unconscious. Sasha and the parents helped me bring you back here and get you into bed. Then during the night, your legs swelled and became bare legs. I feel my forehead crumble in confusion. They're not bare legs. Mamaka tries wrapping an arm round my shoulders but settles for hugging an elbow when she can't reach. They're just injured. I've tried compressing for the swelling infusions for the excess hair and poultice, but on your thick toenails, but her voice trails off and she bites her lips. But what? I think we should go to the hospital in the town across the great frozen river. I pull away from Mamaka and stare at her in shock. But nobody from the village ever goes to the hospital. You can cure anything. I thought I could. Mamaka twists her hands together in her lap, 
but I've never seen anything like this. I've tried birch boards and mustard and nettle seeds and charred pine cones, white raw grass, bilberries, horsetail, bladder rock. I even tried the ant oil and earthworm um, salve passed down from your grandmother, but nothing's making any difference. My nose wrinkles at the thought of Mamika smearing my legs with earthworm juice. I don't know what else to do. Mamika's eyes fills with tears and fear creeps through me. Mamika doesn't like, doesn't look like herself anymore. She isn't strong and unstoppable. She looks like a branch weighed down by too much snow and I feel my old eyes welling up. Oh, look at us. On the blink of tears, Mamika flaps her hands in front of her face. There's no need. I hear the doctor in the hospital can cure things. Herbs can't. They have special equipment, clever machines. Sasha will be here soon and... Sasha? My eyes widened in panic. Why is she coming? Does he know my legs? Sasha is the only person who makes me feel like, a fit, like I fit into the village life. If he sees me with bare legs, that's bound to change. I won't be Yanka the bear because I'm big and strong. I'll be Yanka the bear because I fell on ice and grew bare legs. No one, not even Sasha, could ignore that. No one else has seen or knows about my legs, Mamika says gently. Not that it would matter if they did. The villagers care for you. Sasha came to ask after you at first light and I told him you were still sleeping and that I wanted to take you to the hospital, so he's going to arrange transportation. The Great River won't have thought enough for boats to cross yet, but maybe we could travel in one of those old biblanes that occasionally flies over the river. The fear creeping through me bursts into a run. We've never left the village. We've never needed anything the forest could provide. I'm scared of what's happening to me. And if people see me like this, and of travelling to be poked and prodded by strange doctors far away. But before my thoughts can form into words, there's a knock at the back door and Mamika jumps to her feet. That'll be Sasha. Don't let him in. I reach out to stop her rushing off. I don't want him to see me like this. All right, Mamika squeezes my hand before disappearing down the stairs. I hear her talking to Sasha. Then the back door closes. A plane will take us tomorrow morning, she shouts up the stairs. They're sending a special one that can land on the river and, um, and melt. Mamika pauses, as if waiting for me to respond. But too many fears are struck in my throat, and the thought of leaving, leaving is tearing me apart. The day passes in a blur. Mamika brings up a breakfast and I don't eat. An endless cups of heather tea, I don't drink. Though she said her remedies weren't working, she still covers my legs with so many different herbs. I end up smelling like her medicine mixture, mixing corner. She checks my pulse and temperature over and over and keeps telling me I'm going to be fine. But her two wide smile and two busy hands give away her worries. I stare out of the window, fiddling with my arrowhead necklace. I can't stop thinking about Anatoly's tales and my own story wavering beyond my reach. These legs feel like more than something that needs to be cursed. They feel like a clue to my past. I want to talk to Mamika to tell her how I feel, but she's cooking food and packing clothes for the trip tomorrow. 
rearranging things that don't need tidying and dusting things that don't need cleaning. Finally, when the sun sets, throwing long shadows across the garden, Mamaka stops, bustling around and sits in the armchair beside my bed, sitting Valerian root tea. Do you remember the story of the lime tree curse? I asked. Mamaka frowns and shakes her head. Antolia told me, Antolia told us a few years ago, I press, willing her to remember. It was about an enchanted tree and a woodsman and his family who were cursed to be theirs. I'd been thinking about it all day and I'd love to hear it again. I'm not sure now's the time for one of Antolia's stories, Mamaka's sighs. But don't you think it's a strange coincidence how the story was about people turning into bears and now my legs have become bear legs? I look out of the window to the chattering pines at the bottom of the garden. Maybe the answer to what's happening to me lies in the forest. I whisper the suggestion, but and reverberates around the room like a shout. Your legs are not bear legs, Mamika says firmly. You just injured in an unusual way. Falling from the fault must have triggered some kind of imbalance. I'm sure the doctors in the hospital will know how to treat you. How can you be sure? My voice rises. I pull back the blankets and point at my feet. Look at them! The bare feet! They must have something to do with where I came from. The bear cave and the forest. Mamika's teacup wobbles in her hand. Growing bare legs doesn't make sense. It's impossible. I don't know what this is, but it isn't bare legs. And there are no answers in the forest. There's only snow and ice, teeth and claws, and a million other dangers. I love you. I need to keep you safe. And that means dealing with this in the most sensible, rational way. We need to go to the hospital and not wander around the forest chasing the stories of an old fool. And Tolly is not an old fool. I yell, why do you refuse to believe his stories, even now, when I have claws? <clears throat> Thick and toenails, Mama corrects, covering up my feet. I'm sorry, she fusses with my blankets and blushes. I shouldn't have called Antolia an old fool. I care for him and I like his stories, but they're only for air fantastical tales of fire and imagination. It's important to stay rooted in reality. Illnesses and injuries are things that need treatment with medicine, not stories. Mamaka's um, cups, cups my face in her hands and kisses my cheeks. We should get some sleep. It's going to be a busy day tomorrow. I open my mouth to argue with Mamaka, but I can't. She looks so small and tired and far away. And I feel that there's an ocean between us and my words wouldn't reach across it. I lie in my bed after Mamaka has gone, watching the last rays of sunlight fade and the moon rise over the treetops. Stories of the forest spin through my mind, especially the story of the lime tree curse. I give up trying to sleep and I sit up. Mouse trap emerges from a gap between the floorboards. He shakes the dust from his coat and sweeps a tuft of mouse fur from my nose. Then he scampers up into my lap and stares at me. His whiskers twitching expectantly. Do you remember the story of the lime tree curse? I ask. Mousetrap shakes his head. Or at least I imagine he does. Then I'll tell you. I kick off my blankets and I wiggle my toes. 
the long dark claws at the end of my feet spread out, and right now, alone with mouse trap in the moonlight, having bare legs doesn't feel so strange. Mousetrap curls up and rests his chin on his rump and I begin the story as I'm Tolly would, would with Once Upon a Time.